This is a podcast by the Positive Psychology People. This is episode three of my take on the positive psychology themes contained in episode three of Stephen Bartlett's Diary of a CEO. In this episode, Stephen refers to us, the audience, as acting as his silent therapist and confidant. And I'm sure he finds that a therapeutic experience. But it's important to realise that you don't actually need an audience in order to have the same benefits, although there are distinct differences between thinking, talking and or writing. When you put your thoughts into words, spoken or written, you have to organise them in a coherent way and this helps you to understand them better. I mentioned in episode one how this can help you process and work through difficult emotions, which consequently help to reduce stress and improve well-being. It can be very helpful to express your thoughts aloud without any need to make it a public podcast. You could do this when you're alone, taking a shower, travelling in your car or going for a walk. I have to admit that there's one element of Stephen's podcast that has made me feel anxious, and that is the time of day when he records them, usually around two or three in the morning. Listening to how proactive and organised he is, I can't imagine that he's still in bed at 11 in the morning, so I can't help but be concerned that he gets enough sleep. I know it was said that when Margaret Thatcher was Prime Minister, she only had four to five hours of sleep per night. In fact, a quick Google search shows that people like Mark Zuckerberg, Elon Musk, Steve Jobs, Bill Gates and Barack Obama typically have no more than six to seven hours of sleep a night, but most of us regularly need seven to nine hours However, there is research that's identified a small percentage of the population who are categorised as being short sleepers. These individuals have a specific genetic mutation that allows them to manage with six hours of sleep or less without suffering from any negative effect on their cognitive performance, mood or health. And it seems quite likely that Stephen's one of them. I hope so. Perhaps being a short sleeper is a significant factor in their achievements. Could it be that while others are asleep at night dreaming of success, these short sleepers are awake and actively making success a reality? Stephen mentions almost in passing that he has worn a hat every day for the last three years. He goes on to explain that the reason for this is to save time getting ready in the morning because he doesn't need to attend to his hair. He also tells us he wears the same choice of clothes every day, a black t-shirt and black trousers. This, he says, is a way of limiting the number of decisions that he has to make in a day. He mentions Mark Zuckerberg and Steve Jobs also had a similar habit of simplifying their wardrobe choices, and so did Barack Obama, another thing they have in common to sleeping less than the average person. Even Albert Einstein was known for wearing the same outfit a grey suit, every day. And black seems to be a good choice of colour because it has the potential to influence people's perception and behaviour. 
In a study in which more than a thousand people were asked which colours they associated with certain qualities, black came either first or second in every positive category. Black was seen as being connected with authority, power and perceived competence and was seldom considered in negative terms. In sport, black uniforms create the impression of aggression and have the power to influence team performance. Maybe a reason why referees wear black. And one only has to think of the All Blacks, New Zealand's rugby union team, and their intimidating presence, especially when they perform their wall dance hacker before they play. So it seems that if you want others to see you as attractive, intelligent and confident, wearing black might be your best choice. Talking of choice, Stephen highlights the importance of focusing on important decisions and reducing the need to make decisions about trivial matters, like what to wear. Research on the phenomenon of having too many decisions to make, is often referred to as choice overload, shows that having too many options can lead to feelings of anxiety, indecision and dissatisfaction. Barry Schwartz describes this in his book, The Paradox of Choice, Why More is Less, and concludes that we need to simplify our lives in order to avoid decision fatigue. Lessening our choices and decision-making about the trivial things in life makes time and space to focus on more important matters. Stephen questions how he ended up being so successful and making £100 million decisions and realises that it was through a process of making one decision at a time rather than planning years ahead. He says, one day at a time, one hour at a time, one email at a time, one problem at a time, one challenge at a time. When he says he was driven to work like this for fear of complacency and had little time for reflection, he's also describing what is referred to as sequential decision-making process. Sequential decision-making has significant advantages for both personal and professional growth. By focusing on one decision at a time, individuals can reduce their cognitive load, improve decision quality, enhance problem-solving, increase motivation and better manage their time. Research supports the idea that adopting this approach can lead to more successful outcomes and a greater sense of progress in various aspects of life. Stephen reveals his delight of the book The Secret because he considers his success has come from his actions, whereas the book focuses more on the process of visualising success. And I have to agree with him. It seems to me that the law of attraction, which that book is based on, emphasises more on how to use positive thoughts and emotions to manifest positive outcomes rather than planning and working towards goals. My concern is that the secret can lead people into believing that they have complete control over every aspect of their lives and that all negative outcomes are a result of their shortcomings. Although a positive mindset isn't a bad thing, there are other reasons why things don't work out that have nothing to do with not visualising correctly. Stephen says at age 18 he knew what he wanted to be and how he wanted his life to look. And I think he's quite unusual in that. 
I think it's true to say that many people go through a process of self-discovery and exploration that continues right throughout their lives. And people often refine their goals and change career paths as they gain more experience and encounter new opportunities and challenges. So although he says that he visualised his way to the boardroom, that's maybe not motivational to those who are still discovering who they are and what they want. Perhaps much of his goals come from his role models who showed him what he didn't want to be and what he wasn't prepared to settle for. He decided very early on that he wasn't going to settle for what was probably expected of him based on his environment and surroundings. He valued the freedom to be able to live his best life and most importantly had the self-belief that he could and would achieve that. It's very easy to envy the success of others without appreciating the dedication and commitment that has been invested in that outcome. But success often comes at a cost, and Stephen's very honest about his sacrifices, the ones he's had to make along the way, particularly in regard to relationships. Maybe we would all like to be successful as Stephen, but would we be prepared to work as hard as he has, be as driven as he is and make the sacrifices along the way. And even if the answer is yes to all of this, would we have the skills and talent to make it a reality? One of the many things I like and admire about Stephen is his honesty and authenticity. He doesn't pretend that it was a breeze getting to where he is today and I suspect that future episodes will elaborate further on this subject. I hope so. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate and comment. Visit our website at thepositivepsychologypeople.com and connect with us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. The Positive Psychology People is dedicated to sharing the evidence-based science of what makes a life worth living. Please share this episode with friends or family or anyone you think might find it valuable. Thank you for your support.